Well, today we're going to come to the penultimate message in our Next Step series. It's been a fantastic journey over these last few weeks, looking at this discipleship framework that we are implementing as a church. We want to make it as simple as possible and as clear as possible for each and every person within our church. And for you, maybe you're not a part of our church yet. We want to make it as simple as possible for you to discover your next step on your journey in knowing God and growing in God. We believe that every one of us is on a journey and we're all at different stages, but we, want, but we want to help you no matter what stage that you're at. And I pray that God has been speaking to you through this series and we're going to look at today the sixth step of Gateway Next Steps and that is leadership. We're going to be basing ourselves today in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1. This is what it says. This is a trustworthy saying. If someone aspires to be a church leader, he desires an honourable position. I'm not a great cook whatsoever. You could call me the king of the microwave. I'm fantastic at sticking things in the microwave and also the toaster as well. I'm great at the toaster. But any other food, I'm not great at cooking whatsoever. Yet despite this, I absolutely love watching cooking shows. I watch MasterChef, in particular like the Australian MasterChef. I enjoy watching Bake Off and Bake Off the Professionals and Jamie Oliver, Saturday Kitchen, Ready Steady Cook, you name it, I enjoy watching the cooking shows. And there's one show in particular that I really enjoy watching. It's something that I've got into over the last few years and it's on the Food Network channel on Sky and it's an American show called Restaurant Impossible. This show is about a chef, he's a British chef who's moved over to America. His name is Robert Irvine and He's been extremely successful over in America, starting restaurants, and he's well known for his food. And the whole idea of this show is that Robert I. Irvine goes around different restaurants throughout America. He goes to struggling restaurants, failing restaurants, restaurants with great debt. And the whole idea of this show is he's got two days and $10,000 to turn around these restaurants. He tries to make what is impossible possible. And it's a great show and you know more often than not every single restaurant he goes in the the deco is dreadful it's falling apart the restaurants are dated not only that the service is dreadful in these restaurants the food is pretty awful but you know the biggest problem that robert irvine finds 99 percent of the time it isn't the deco the food or the service the biggest problem is has to do with the leadership as he goes into the restaurants he sees that the leaders are either non-existent or they're absent. They're not there, they're not involved because of the struggles that they find themselves in. Either they don't have a clue how to run a restaurant because they've come from other different career paths or the reason why they often struggle is because, is because of not only a lack of training but also because they have buried their head in the sand and they're just struggling because of the situation. And Robert Irvine knows that if he can train up these leaders, the, the restaurant owners, if he can encourage the leadership there, then the restaurant will begin to turn around. Yes, he could throw cash at it and make the deco look good and even revamp the menu. But unless the leadership is right, then they, that restaurant won't have success over the long term. And so he encourages the restaurant owners. If there's no leadership in position, then he'll find someone who's already acting like a leader and train them up and he only has two days to do it and more often than not he has a big impact and it's very successful after that. You know the saying is true, everything rises and falls on leadership. Leadership and structure 
is so, so important. It's important on a national level when we think about it. It's important for our country. It's important in the government. It's important in restaurants and in business. Leadership and structure is vital within education. It's vital within sport. I'm a big sports fan and a football fan. And, you know, you see some of these struggling teams in the Premier League and they say one of the main reasons they struggle is because of a lack of leaders out on the pitch. But it's not only there. Leadership is vital within the home as well. We see that God has created a structure and, a, and an order within the home with the husband and the wife and then the children and they're all submitting to each other, loving one another. And also leadership and structure is vital within the church as well. Our God is a God of order and structure. There is a divine order even within the Godhead. We see within the Bible that the Son submits to the Father and the Holy Spirit submits to the Son and the Father for our sake, for our salvation. Even though they're all equal, we see there is a divine order. And there's a divine order within God's church as well, within the church of Jesus Christ. The Bible says and shows us that God is looking for leaders he wants people to have that desire to become a leader. And God has placed leaders within his church to bring about organization and structure. There are two famous passages about this. And we're going to look at them right now. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 to 22. I'm reading this from the Message Translation of the Bible. It says this. That's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home. He's using us all irrespective of how we got here in what he's building. He used the apostles and prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day. A holy temple built by God. All of us built into it. A temple in which God is quite at home. And Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 to 16 says this. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be like immature children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We won't be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak in truth, uh, the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. You know, we're all equal as followers of Jesus Christ. We all came to know Jesus. We all come to know Jesus in the same way. It is simply by believing what Jesus has done. It's through the cross, by believing in Jesus' death on the cross, and his resurrection and turning away from our sin. We all put our faith in the same Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, John 3, 16 says this, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. We're all equal. 
We're all part of the same body, the body of Christ, the church of Jesus Christ. Yet despite this, we've seen from even from these two passages of scripture that there is an order and a structure within the church of Jesus. We see that Jesus is the head of his church. He is the cornerstone on which everything else is built. But then God has appointed and called men and women to lead and to oversee his church, not to be dictators, but to be servants, to train the saints for the work of the, of the ministry, to shepherd God's people and to make disciples. That's why God has placed leaders within his church. The role of the leaders within the church is to lead, to feed and protect the sheep. That's the role of the church leaders. And the role of the people of God is to submit to that leadership as, as though they submit in to Christ. That's what God wants for us. You know, we see even in John chapter 21, verse 15 to 17, that even on after Jesus' resurrection, when Peter, he had denied Jesus three times and Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, comes and meets, uh, meets Peter on the beach shore and he speaks to Peter and tries to encourage Peter and he says to Peter, you know, you are going to be the one on which my church is built. And he says to him in verse 15 to 17, after breakfast, Jesus said and asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know that I love you. Then take care of my sheep. Jesus said a third time and asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked this question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. That's the role of a church leader, to lead, to feed and protect the church, the people of God. So you might be wondering, well, who then can be a leader within the church of Jesus Christ? Well, we see in the New Testament that uh, the Apostle Paul writes to Timothy and also in Titus as well, 1 Timothy 3 and Titus chapter 1, we read about the qualifications of a leader within the church of Jesus Christ. These qualifications include that that person has to be a mature Christian. I'm not talking about in age-wise, I mean spiritually. That person have to, has, to be, has to know God, has to be baptized and saved, full of the Spirit, somebody who knows God and is growing in God. The Bible says the qualifications there is somebody who lives above reproach. That doesn't mean somebody who's perfect because if we're waiting for perfect leaders, then there'd be low leaders within the church. But there is a standard from God. Holiness, somebody who's got a good testimony in their home, in the workplace, in the streets and within the church. Somebody with a godly character and good testimony. And another qualification is somebody with, good, with the, the gift of preaching and with speaking. That's the standard. You can read those for yourself in 1 Timothy 3 and Titus chapter 1. But you know, the Bible also show, shows us some other qualifications for a leader as well. We see ultimately that a leader within the church of Jesus has to be someone who is called by God. They're not self-appointed, but they're God-appointed. Listen to John chapter 15, verse 16, it says, Jesus says, you didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. A leader is somebody who is full of wisdom, who is well-respected and also full of the Holy Spirit. We looked at this last time in Acts chapter 6, verse 3, it says, And so, brothers, select seven men who are well-respected, full of the Spirit and wisdom, we will give them this responsibility. A leader is somebody with a heart after God. 
Listen to what it says in 1 Samuel 13, verse 13 to 14. As Samuel is talking about Saul here who had failed and now he's going to talk about David. He says this, how foolish Samuel exclaimed. You have not kept the command of the Lord your God, that you, the Lord your God give you. Had you kept it, the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom has come to the end. For the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. The Lord has already appointed him to be a leader of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. We see a leader is somebody who must have godly character. Not necessarily, you know, just about ta somebody who's talented and someone who's charismatic, but somebody who's got a godly character. Because, you know, God looks at, our, at our, us as leaders in a different way to the, what the world looks at. There's a different standard. You know, I love what it says in 1 Samuel 16, verse 6 to 7. It says, when they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see the things that we, the way that we see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. You know, a leader ultimately is somebody who loves God's people and is a servant. You know, it says in Matthew 23, verse 11 to 12, Jesus said, The greatest among you must be a servant, but those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted and ultimately a leader must be somebody who's becoming like Jesus Christ you know the apostle Paul said in Corinthians 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1 and you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ you know as we've seen right the way throughout this series that's the ultimate goal of a disciple to become like their teacher become like their rabbi and Jesus is the greatest leader of all and as we spend time in his presence, as we spend time with him, learning from him, living for him, by his spirit and by the word, we will become like him. God will mold us to become like him and become a leader after his own heart. So you might be wondering, okay, they are the qualifications, but, but what's the process of becoming a leader? And what's the process within Gateway of somebody becoming a leader within this church, within this house? Well, it begins, first of all, with us as the leadership, myself and Paul Morgan, the, the elder of our church. It's us as an oversight, identifying the calling. It begins with identifying the call, the call of God on somebody's life. It begins by recognising that God's hand is on someone's life. And then it's about building a relationship with that person. You know, it's an exciting stage. This is where we get to connect with that person, find out what how God is leading them, how God's been speaking to them. And, and it's a great opportunity and it's a, an opportunity for us to begin to teach them and prepare them for ministry. You know, we see this in the Bible as well, where we see in Acts chapter 14, verse 21 to 23, in the Passion Bible, it says this, after preaching the wonderful news of the gospel there and, and winning a large number of followers of Jesus, they retraced their steps and re revisited Lystra, Iconium and Antioch. At each place they went, they strengthened the lives of the believers, encouraged them to go deeper in their faith. And they taught them, it is necessary for us to enter into the realm of God's kingdom because that's the only way we will endure many trials and persecutions. Listen to verse 23. Paul and Barnabas ordained leaders, known as elders, from among the congregations in every church they visited. After they prayed and fasted, they, they publicly committed them into the care and protection of the Lord of their faith. We see here that it begins 
with as church leaders and God, first of all, we go, it begins with identifying the call of God on someone's life. And maybe you've got God's call on your life then. You know, I pray that God will open my eyes to help me see that. And maybe God's called you then. Come and see us as a church. Come and talk to us as a church leadership. We'd love to begin this journey with you. After identifying the call, the next step then is to assign responsibility. You know, before Jesus' disciples ever preached any sermons or performed miracles, they fetched donkeys for Jesus. They fetched colts for Jesus. Listen to what Matthew 21, verse 1 to 3, and then 6 to 7 says. As Jesus and the disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the town of Bethpage on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into the village over there, he said. As soon as you enter it, you will see a donkey tied there with its colt beside it. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks what you, do, you were doing, just say the Lord needs them and he will immediately let you take them. Then verse 6 to 7 says, The two disciples did as Jesus commanded. They brought the donkey and the colt to him and threw garments over the colt and he sat on it. We see here this is how Jesus trained up his disciples ready for ministry. Jesus gave his disciples small assignments first of all. He used those assignments to grow the disciples' walk and grow their obedience and grow their stewardship. stewardship. And then over time, they went on to become great leaders within the kingdom of God and within the church of Jesus Christ. And this is the way of, that the Lord does it and how he develops leaders step by step, little by little. I know that from my own experience as well with Pastor Rob, how Pastor Rob trained me up. It was bit by bit, you know, starting off small, speaking maybe once in a prayer meeting every now and again, and then a little bit more and a little bit more then becoming assistant to the pastor. And then over time, assistant pastor and, you know, helping out in youth and then associate pastor and then senior pastor over time. It didn't happen just like that because Pastor Rob recognized God's call on my life. It wasn't just like that. But it was bit by bit, step by step. And so we want to do it God's way. We believe that's the biblical way to develop and lead it. So assigning responsibility to them. The third step then in developing a leader, the process of a leader, is to diagnose and train. This is the stage where we teach people uh, about what they're doing and, and help them and show them what they're doing, tell them what to do and then why they're doing it as well, explaining that process. And this enables people then to run with all they might for the glory of God. You know, Luke chapter 6 verse 40 says this, Students are not greater than their teacher, but the student who is fully trained will become like their teacher. We want to see good, godly, strong leaders raised up in this church, not just anybody who don't have a clue, but we want to train them up so they might be effective and even release them into AOG if they feel God's call. And maybe you do, you go into AOG and use their training programs as well to help you become all that God has called you to be. And then the fourth and final step of this process in developing a leader is to promote people as they progress. We want to release people into all that God has called them to do. We want to release them to lead on their own. This is God's way. You know, we want to promote them in God's time, in God's way. And then we want to release them into the fullness of the call of God on their lives. That's exactly what Jesus did. And that's what we should do as well. Jesus didn't hold back his disciples, but he released them when he knew that they were ready. And we want to do that as a church. We don't want to hold leaders back, but we want to release them into all that God has for them. You know, it says in Matthew 25 verse 23, The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. 
And so as we come to a conclusion today, this is where get, Gateway Next Steps comes in. You know, as an oversight, this is something that we're looking for. We're looking for God's hand upon people's lives. We want to see leaders raised up within this church. We want to see pastors raised up, evangelists raised up, prophets, teachers. We want to see apostles raised up within this church. People who will go on to, to do great things for the kingdom of God. The fivefold gift ministry. But we also want to raise up leaders in every other area within the life of our church, within every other ministry, worship, kids, youth, young adults, you know, food bank, whatever it is. We want to raise up people to be leaders within different areas within our church. We want to, don't want to hold people back. We don't want to hold you back. We want to release people into the call of God for their lives. And so if you feel the call of God on your life, if you know God is speaking to you and God's placed his hand upon your life and you're a partner of Gateway Church Camry, and I want to encourage you to come and speak to us. You know, God's heart for us and God's heart for you and for his church is to promote people into the fullness of the call of God on their lives. We want to raise up leaders within this church. And so if you feel God's call on your life, then please visit our website, gatewaychurchcamry.co.uk forward slash next step. Click on the leadership page there and fill out the form and then we'll get in touch with you. And I'd love to have a conversation with you. Me and Paul would love to have a conversation with you so we can begin this journey in your life. And you might say, what's the result of that, of you responding to the call of God and leaders being raised up within this church? Well, I believe you'll see God's plan and his will unfold for your life. There's no greater blessing, no greater journey. But also for us as a church, we'll be a healthy, vibrant, growing church that's making an impact on this world for Jesus. So that's our heart as a church. We want to raise up leaders within this house for the glory and honor of God. Amen.